All right, so here we are for another Q&A segment of the Detox America podcast. Um, Before we get into it, I really just want to thank everybody for showing so much love here recently. Um, It's been amazing. A lot of support um, and a lot of curiosity. I didn't expect to get this much attention from you guys. You know, people keep sending messages to my inbox, uh, asking great questions and getting into great conversations with you guys. It's It's been amazing. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for uh, supporting me in whatever way you can. It's It's been great. So um, we're going to go into another Q&A segment. You know, I really love doing these. I love answering your you guys' uh, questions. They're always um, very interesting. They're they're fun, and they're good, like, exercises for my brain because I just I read your questions. I don't plan anything out. I just go from the top of my head and um, see where it goes. So um, let's just get into it, man. Uh, where are we at? Let's see. So I started, uh, I do, you know, take your, your guys' questions and I uh, kind of line them up in a way that I think is going to make the podcast flow best. Um, and I started out kind of light with a, a question that I really liked. And uh, a buddy of mine asked, if you could travel and go anywhere in the world, where would you go first? And uh, man, that is a great question and it is it is hard because... Um, I've always been in love with the world in different cultures. I've been in love with the geography of the world and um, seeing different things than what I'm seeing every day, what I'm used to seeing every day here in Texas. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to travel much in my life. Um, I've never been out of the States. I uh, I have traveled west in the United States. I have been through New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, California. You know, I've been all the way up there. I've been to Oklahoma. I've been to New Orleans, and that's it for my uh, for my travel experience. And that all has happened in the last ten years of my life, um, but it's a very eye-opening experience, and with the United States being so big, being able to tra- travel, you know, across the country like that, you do find that different parts of the United States are completely different from where, from the place that you're used to it's like it's a different culture and every city it's a slightly different culture it's still american but they do things slightly different um cities you know across the u.s have different historical landmarks and um just a different rich history to to each city and so i've loved that when i do travel here in the united states um, I have always had a passion for wanting to get out um, overseas and see the world. Um, I think that it's very important that, you know, for me at least, that I get out and see all of the beautiful things that this world has to offer, all of the beautiful sights that not everybody gets to see. Um, I want to experience all that before I pass. And um, I've always had that mentality, just unfortunately, I haven't been able to get out and do that. But that will be changing very soon. Um, Very soon. I'm hoping within the next year that I do get to travel um, more often. Um, I would would love to get out of the States and go overseas. Um, But even if I can travel you know, somewhere that I've never been. I would love to go to Oregon here in the States um, just to see the the natural world out there. I've heard it's very beautiful, and from what I've seen in pictures, it is. But I would love to go, you know, hike out there, do some outdoors stuff. 
Um, but if I could go anywhere in the world, if I had my choice, one place, oh man, I don't know. Um, I would say it has to, I have three, maybe four options that I would have to choose from. And it would be between Egypt, I would love to go see the pyramids, I would love to see that in person. Um, it would be Jerusalem in Israel, because of uh, the rich history, and I come from a, um, a Jewish bloodline, and um, I've studied a lot of Jewish history and uh, Hebrew history and I've uh, studied the Bible extensively I've stu studied uh, the Old Testament extensively and I love the history it's so rich and I find it very beautiful and um, I would love to be there in that place just um, because of its history and to see the sights to be there in Jerusalem Jerusalem um, Rome would also be on the list. I uh, I just love everything about um, the Renaissance age, and to go, you know, to like Florence or just go to Italy anywhere, Florence or Rome, and to see the you know where the Renaissance was birthed, um, to see all of the architecture, to witness the history, and be there, you know, witness it firsthand. Uh, you know, go and see the Colosseum and go so see all of these ancient sites. Um, I just, I think I would stand there just wrapped in awe and just be so thankful to be alive and to have this opportunity. I think, you know, I think we need to chase those moments in our lives as much as possible to uh, witness new things and to stand wrapped in awe. I think that is one of the main purposes of life is novelty to experience new things to feel alive in that moment um, and last but not least India I uh, you guys probably have noticed recently in in different podcasts I had, had mentioned that um, the philosophy that relates or that I uh, feel connected to the most would be a Hindu philosophy and so to be in India to go to the temples there um, to see all of that history firsthand would uh, do the same thing like I was saying if I went to Rome to stand there wrapped in awe of all of this and there's also something beautiful I find in the um, chaos of India and like daily life there in India um, it just looks chaotic from what I've seen you know almost like New York City with all the cars and people honking and um, except in India it looks more chaotic because it's like it's almost like there's no real order like they don't even have a uh, lines in the streets that you're supposed to stay in between they're just kind of crossing roads at any given time and honking at each other something beautiful about that chaos but i would also like to go and see the uh, natural world of india and go to like the uh, more secluded um temples and um there's a lot of uh secluded um babas out there you know teachers um, that you can go and just hang out with, and they're just, they seem to be the most humble, peaceful, loving people, and just hang out with them, and talk to them, and learn from them, and, um, kind of get that taste of humble pie, you know, to be in a, a different country where customs are so different, and they seem to have so much less than what we have here in America, you know, I say this while I'm sitting in a room with a 55-inch 4K TV and 
every gaming console and, you know, music equipment. I have so many nice things um, that I've worked really hard for. Um, but I would like that slice of humble pie to sit there in the dirt with an Indian baba and just talk philosophy and be happy and content with the fact that we are here and just be there in the moment, be alive. Um, so with all that being said, I'm thinking India is probably going to be the one that I go to first. If it comes down to it, I think um, India would be my first choice. But it's, it's really hard to say, you know, between those India and the other three that I had mentioned. Um, but that's a great topic. I think all of us do need to get out and travel more, get out of our comfort zone, feel that anxiety, you know, be scared. But I also think that, you know, being in India alone, traveling alone, isn't half as bad as... You know, the movies make it out to be, to be in a foreign country by yourself. You think that everybody's out to rob you or get you. I think those are false conceptions. Um, so I think we should face our fears, get out, just go live, experience our lives. Um, we're going to move on to the next one. Um, they said, ever since I've known you, you've been a dream chaser. From music to art to podcasts. Do you feel any of it has paid off, and is it worth it? Oh, wow. Um, absolutely worth it. Um, definitely has paid off. I don't know what you mean by paid off. I don't know if you mean in a, um, in a sense to where I'm getting paid, like my money situation. Has it paid off for me financially, or has it paid off spiritually um it has definitely paid off spiritually and when i mean when i say that i mean as for my experience my life experience and how it has affected me as a human being how i've grown and uh financially hasn't paid off you know like like crazy um you know the music when i was doing music um there was no pay at all Every now and then you might get a little bit, a little pay for a feature or something, but it was never anything really big or crazy. Um, and really, we were doing it for the fun. We were doing it to make a name for ourselves, just get ourselves out there. It was never about money. I mean, the end goal was about, you know, money, making it, getting a record deal, um, living a comfortable life but um day to day it wasn't about that it was um it was about the experience chasing a dream doing something that we loved and that we were passionate about um of course I left that scene I got out of the music scene and um you know some people might think well you just wasted five six years of your life doing that when you could have been doing other things and actually having success but to me all of that was successful we had a lot of great times we had a lot of fun um you know those nights in the studios um those nights performing on stage you know with my best friends with my brother um i wouldn't change those moments for anything in the world I would never go back and do it any other way. It was perfect the way it was. We had so much fun. And there was those experiences I, I'll take to my grave. I, I'll never forget them and never forget the love and the passion that we felt. Um, so when it comes to those things, yeah, man, they definitely paid off uh, chasing that dream. Um, it paid off for me spiritually in my growth um my art you know my visual art has definitely paid off financially way more than the music career ever did um i've done okay financially when it came to art when i'm going you know full force in the art world um i was making anywhere from 
like a a hundred dollars on a slow month to like eight hundred to a thousand dollars on a good month um especially when i do the art festivals i mean i do pretty good um i can walk away from an art festival with like four or five hundred dollars um so that's paid off financially and definitely has paid off spiritually in the same way that music has the experience has been great um i meet a lot of interesting people uh as as an artist um, and at the art festivals, you meet, that's one of my favorite things is, it's not even like being there and making money that is important. It's being there and talking to the people about my vision and about my art and what it means, uh, the process of creating it and uh, my uh, interpretations or even getting their interpretations and then often these conversations spiral off into uh, conversations about many things, about life, about um, death, about spirituality, and just, it's, these people are so great, so amazing, and so many different types of people that you wouldn't expect to look at my art and be into it and be interested. I've had conversations with 70-year-old women that you wouldn't think that they would be attracted to my art style because you know my art style has a lot of psychedelic um, intention behind it and other dimensional intention and, um, and so getting into conversations with older people like that it's been it's been really interesting it's paid off a lot spiritually and pretty well financially in my eyes um, and when it comes to being a dream chaser um, I don't think the end goal should ever be financial. I think that's just a cherry on top. You know, if you do find financial success in, you know, doing something that you're passionate about, that's the cherry on top of the uh, cake, if that's the saying. I don't know. But um, financial security is fine, but... I don't think it's everything. I don't think it's really all that important. Um, and I think that a lot of people get upset and they get down when it comes to chasing their dreams and they want to make a living off of their dreams. They get so upset when they uh, don't see big numbers. But it's not about the big numbers. Um, truth is, you might not ever see big numbers. But that's not the point. Um, you focus too much on that and you forget about the passion and the love that you have for what you're doing. To me, that's the most important thing. It's just, that's what it's about. That's what being a dream chaser is about. It's just doing what you love and what you're passionate about. And, um, and you don't have, you don't need money. You don't need much money to get by, you know, um, we're so blinded by that, you know, needing money or wanting money. We're tricked into thinking that that's the key to a happy life, to a successful life, and it just really isn't. You see a lot of um, people in society, a lot of celebrities who um, kill themselves or overdose on drugs, and you see that these people, although they're making millions of dollars, they're not... That does, that's not what makes them happy, and that's not what makes them successful. Happiness and love for uh, what you're doing and love for your life and for yourself, I think that is true success, and that's true um, prosperity. Um, we got to get out of that mindset that money is the most important thing because it's not. You, uh, you see tribal cultures uh, throughout the world uh, who are still, you know, they live below the poverty line. I think there's something like uh, out of the 7 billion people on the planet, about 6 billion of them live on less than $27 a day or some shit like that. Something crazy like that. Uh, but... There's a lot of people who don't have much when it comes to money, 
But when you see them, they're full of happiness and full of love and full of joy. Because I think to them, the most important thing in life is their community. You see these tight-knit tribal communities who live in the dirt, yet they're so happy. And um, because they know that their happiness lies in their community, in their friendship, in their family. And um, I think it'd be wise if we all start to uh, take note of that, learn lessons from these people who have less than we have, and see how much happier they are than we are with all of our nice things. Um, so when it comes to chasing your dreams... If you are a dream chaser, don't focus on the numbers. Never focus on the numbers. Those are not important. I, I promise you, they're just not important. Um, what's important is that you're putting out content and reaching people all over the world. You know, just by putting it out on the internet, it's available for everybody. You can reach people and and uh, become part of communities and meet new interesting people who share their passion, share passion with you. And we have to learn that we are one big community and becoming a part of community and having that communion and family is one of the most important things in life. It's not about how many views you're getting. It's not about how many plays you're getting, how many downloads. It's not about how much money you're making. It's about the one or two, the 10 or 20 people that you're reaching who felt what you felt, who felt your passion and are interested enough to listen and, uh, communicate with you about it and say hey man you did a good job that's the most valuable thing not the numbers i felt like i just had to get that out when we're on the subject just because it's something i'm very passionate about uh being a dream chaser because i've always been that way and whether or not it pays off financially i'm never going to stop chasing my dreams i'm never going to stop doing the things that i'm passionate about because that is how i get fulfillment in my life and uh, even when it comes to money, man, even if you're passionate about traveling, like we just got done talking about traveling, if you want to go out and travel, you don't need a bunch of money to go and do that. You really don't. You might be very passionate about traveling and be like, well, I don't really have much saved up. Um, it's going to be really hard. And you don't need much to travel. Plane tickets really aren't that much. And that's really all you need is a plane ticket. And enough you know to get by for a couple days like you can get by you know the american dollar can go a long way in many different co countries they can they can pay for a lot in many different countries that one american dollar can pay for a lot and so you just you don't need that much once you get there you want to you can live off of uh that country's food for a few days and the hotels you know you don't need a big fancy flashy hotel you know, get you a nice little hostel somewhere that's, that's super cheap and just you're still experiencing the world. It's It really doesn't take that much. And so if you're passionate about traveling like I am, I'm going to start traveling and I want to, you know, document all of that for you guys when I start doing that. It doesn't take much. So really, I think it's just the fear, the fear that holds us back. And I'm guilty of that as well. Um, but we got to break out of that bubble, get out of our comfort zone and go live life. That's what this is all about. Um, so sorry uh, for that rant. But uh, yeah, following my dreams, being a dream chaser has definitely been worth it. A hundred percent. We're going to move on. Let's see. Do you think social media is bad for society? Um, yes and no. I mean, this is one of those things you got to look at the pros and cons. Um, it can definitely be bad for society. It can definitely be good for society. On a good note, um, you know, look at the way that social media has connected so many people, especially for people who are entrepreneurs or want to uh, 
have their voice heard. It's been a very powerful tool. Um, it's caused a lot of people, you know, a lot of success and a lot of fulfillment in their lives. The fact that we can post something and it's available around the world in one second, you know, that's amazing. That is crazy. Um, so I think social media can be a great tool for businesses, um, for anybody who are trying to get ideas out, like podcasts and um, art and all of that, man. It's a uh, can definitely be good. Um, can definitely be bad. Um, and I think it is a cause for a lot of psychological issues in our society today. And I think it's this way just because we haven't quite, I think I might have mentioned this in another podcast, but I think that technology has outgrown us. It's kind of surpassed our evolution. We, we evolve at such a slow rate. We've evolved so slow. You know, think about how far it's taken, a, how long it's taken us to get this far, you know, in the last hundred thousand years of our evolution, like it's been so slow and we're still evolving so slow that's just naturally how we progress but our technology has blown up it's just grown ex exponentially you know um so i think that technology has surpassed us and i don't think we quite know how to handle it yet it's so powerful and we just our minds haven't mentally evolved enough to um, handle it properly um, and so I think it's causing a lot of psychological disorders um, it's I think it's raising our anxiety levels our depression levels I think that we have so much access to information that we don't know how to handle you know our brains didn't evolve to handle this much information um, we got slow bits and pieces of information for the last hundred thousand years very slow bits and pieces and all of a sudden now we get anything we need to know at the snap of our finger we anything we want to know and a lot of the things that are coming across are these bad news we get a lot of bad news and um we see people's true colors a lot you know on uh, social media we see how people really are we see a lot of ugliness we see a lot of negativity and um there's cyberbullying. you know it used to be when you get bullied you just get bullied at school and you go home and it'd be over and you get rest you know you get a you know a couple hours away from, from that from the bully and then you go back to school the next day and there he is again and you go back home and you get to get away from the bully but now, it's like a bully can be present 24-7 in your life. You have to see him at school, and you get home, and you're just like, I'm away from him. But yeah, he pops up on social media, and he can still bully you there. Um, so there's that aspect. Um, I think we just have to learn how to navigate and uh, get control of this and I think it's we're just going to have to continue to evolve with it there's also um, psychological issues when it comes to the way people view themselves um, almost like narcissi narcissistic um, issues that are kind of presenting themselves a lot of people are uh, you know all of the the vanity when it comes to taking pictures of yourself 20 times a day and posting it to get a like or to get comments you see you know people post pictures and they're getting hundreds of likes you know they're getting thousands of likes and this you know boosts up their uh their vanity and they feel great about themselves you know they want to, and they want to keep posting those pictures they want to get the best angles and post the prettiest pictures and get all of those likes and then they get out into the world and they're kind of uh you know, it's just the real world doesn't really revolve on how many likes you're getting on Facebook. Uh, some people can make a successful life out of that, but um, I think that can be damaging. Um, 
psychologically. And um, it also can create issues for people who like, they're like, oh, well, why don't I get a thousand likes? You know, it's it's because I'm ugly. You know, nobody want thousand people don't like my pictures and it's most must be because I'm ugly and nobody likes me. Well, truth is it doesn't matter if other people like you. You have to learn to love yourself. And um, I think there's a lot of people who are looking for love and acceptance through social media, through likes and comments and shares. Uh, it's giving people a sense of, uh, you know, that somebody actually likes them. Instead of, uh, it's like an external means of feeling accepted and liked when really it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about me or my podcast or what I'm doing here. It does not matter. What matters is if I feel fulfilled, if I'm happy with myself, and if I love myself. I don't care. That's why, like, if anybody, I don't know if anybody knows, I don't ever post pictures about of myself. Like, why does it matter? I don't, why do you need to see a picture of me? And I'm not going to post a picture of myself like, oh, I look good in this picture. I don't take pictures of myself anyway. Like, the only way I would post a picture of myself is if somebody took a picture of me. Um, it's because I think it's very vain. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Um, don't feel bad if you do it. You know, if you do it and you post pictures of yourself, that's what you like to do. I'm not bashing you. I'm just speaking from my own uh, personal feelings that I just, I would feel very vain if I was taking pictures of myself and trying to make myself look really good and get you to like it. It's a, I would feel very vain and I wouldn't be comfortable with myself doing that. Um, but if I, if I did, or if I do post a picture that somebody else took of me and it only gets one like, like I'm not going to get upset about that and I'm not going to feel, you know, super good and get a huge head if I get a hundred likes on that picture. It does not matter that you like my picture. What matters is if I like myself. And so I think this needs to be uh, more of a prominent understanding in our society is that the, the likes, you know, all of that stuff that goes on in social media that's negative, we've got to learn to separate ourselves from it. We've got to get back to loving ourselves, um, loving our friends, loving our family, um, loving life, loving the world around us. If we can get to that point, fall in love with the world again, fall in love with ourselves again, then all of the negativity that's on social media, that stuff could just go away. Forget it. Don't need that shit. <laughs> Let's get over it. Um... But, so yeah, social media is kind of just like a, has its pros and cons. It can be good and it can be bad. Um, and uh, I just think the only way out of it is if we all continue to grow and we all continue to spread um, good information. And I think uh, we all need to stay open-minded to other people's views. We need to be compassionate and understanding. We need to look at other people's point of views from a place of understanding and acceptance and compassion. And um, we need to know that our differences don't matter at all. They don't, our differences don't matter. What matters is uh, that we're here in this together, experiencing this reality. And whatever happens doesn't just happen to you. It happens to all of us. Everything that happens in this world. So when there's riots in France, people are getting hurt, people are dying. That's not just happening in France. That's happening on our planet to our species. So this is happening to all of us. And um, I think the sooner we realize that, we sooner we come to this realization to this understanding the uh, better we'll be and I think for me I'm going to use social media as a tool to spread this 
knowledge to spread this understanding and this love and and hope that it catches on and hope that you know maybe one person will listen and they will come to that understanding and that they will spread that same understanding to five other people and one person from that group of five will go on and spread it and in this way we can start to change the world um so that's what i think about that <laughs> what else do we got here um okay this one's a uh, kind of going in a different direction than the last three it says um if I had to really ask, it would have to be what happens when we close our eyes for the last time. Alright, so we've been talking a lot about the uh, physical world. Now let's uh, get into my um, spiritual beliefs or philosophies about the afterlife. Um, and I think I've kind of gone over this in other podcasts. Um, but I think that our bodies die. You know, when we cl close our eyes for the last time, our bodies, of course, they die. They stay here. They decay. And um, they become one with the earth again. You know, if we're put in a casket and we're put under the ground, that eventually this casket will rot and become a part of the earth as well. So, we're all, so will our decomposed bodies. Um, I think our decomposed bodies are made up of matter that goes on to create other things. And that matter, you know, I don't think that matter can be created or destroyed. I think that it is eternal. And so the matter, like the matter that makes up our bodies now are was created and a star millions of years ago, you know, billions of years ago. Yeah, billions and billions of years ago. But those particles had never died. They, when that star, you know, when there was a supernova and the star exploded and sent out all these particles into the universe, that these particles never went anywhere. And they went on to form planets. These planets went on to produce life. And then life dies and decomposes into a planet and eventually this planet might be destroyed and broken into pieces and all these particles go back out into the universe and they form other planets and create life again so it's a, a never-ending cycle um so that's what i think happens to our bodies to our physical bodies uh after we close our eyes for the last time um now there is the question of a soul and the afterlife and what is a soul um, in my understanding it is consciousness you know what it is that you know helps us experience this reality that is our waking consciousness um, and our soul I believe um, and I think that it is eternal as well i think consciousness is uh connected to one universal mind i think that the universe itself is a conscious entity and i think every little atom every little molecule is a conscious piece of the universe so every little skin cell in your hand every single tiny one that we can can only see on a very microscopic level every one of them are consciously acting out its order in life in existence as we know it in this dimension in this realm um so when we die i think consciousness just returns to that source and um as i've kind of explained before in other podcasts is uh the way i see it is consciousness is received by the brain um i don't think that the brain produces consciousness that has been a theory that our brains are these um supercomputers you know these uh highly 
complicated and complex things that we just don't understand it. We we don't understand it. You know, there's so much to know about it, and we haven't even scratched the surface of it. And so there's been the theory that our brains are actually the producers of consciousness. And we all have separate brains producing, you know, doing the same things to produce a consciousness so that we can experience this reality. Um, and that it just so happened to be this way, um, out of pure chance. Um, but I don't think that's the case. I don't think our brains produce consciousness. I think our brains receive consciousness. I think that they are receptors of consciousness. And so that consciousness has always been out there. There is one conscious universal mind. And uh, our brains receive, each one of our brains receive consciousness. It receives that signal. And I've uh, used the analogy you know, like a TV, when a TV breaks, you know, you can't turn it on, and you can't get the signal, um, you know, our TV breaks, it stops getting a signal, but that doesn't mean that the signal isn't there, we can put, you know, we can go get a new TV, put it right in the same place of our old TV, turn it on, and we pick up a signal, because the signal is always out there, um, just because the TV broke doesn't mean that the signal isn't out there to be picked up. So that's what I think of our, our brains. I think our brains receive consciousness in the same way that TVs receive uh, signals. Um, so um, when we die, when we close our eyes for the last time, I think that consciousness goes back to that source and it's picked up in other, other things. And this might be what... Um, some faiths see as uh, re reincarnation, um, and it, I don't think that reincarnation necessarily has to be, you know, from a human body to another human body. I think that consciousness, when we die, and our consciousness goes back into the ether, back into the universal mind. It becomes one with that again. That that conscious signal will be picked up by another conscious thing. And like I said, I think down to the smallest atom, down to the nucleus, down to protons, down to electrons, I think all of those things are consciously acting and doing their job, just like I think we're here doing a job. We're just acting out. We're in a cycle. Everything happens in cycles, and we are a part of a cycle of life and death and rebirth. And it just always, it just keeps going. And um, I think we are eternal. I think consciousness is eternal. I think the universe is eternal and infinite. And it's all from a one, I think we're all one in a, in a conscious mind. I think all of consciousness is connected to itself. And so we're connected. Every single one of us are connected. Um through our physical history from, you know, explosions of stars all the way to our consciousness. The consciousness that we each have, we share. When we pass away, they go back to the same source and they're used to, um, they attach themselves to other conscious things and perform the cycle of life. That's what I believe. Um, you know, I don't know shit, <laughs> but that's uh, that's kind of what my life experiences come to be and understand. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see how much time I have left. We're at 45 minutes, basically. So getting close to the end here. Um, try to get through the rest of this stuff faster. Um, another person says, modern-day tribalism in politics and the social economic impact. And consequences of staying uninformed and acting against your own interests. Okay. Oh, I wasn't really ready to jump into this side of things. Uh, I do. I, I try to save like politics and stuff for the end of the podcast, just because um, I don't. I don't like starting off on that note. It can be kind of a downer. But um, 
As for tribalism in politics and social economic situations, um, I think it sucks, man. I think it's bad to have tribalism in politics and our social structure. I don't even like the idea of nationalism. I think it's outdated. I think it's played out. Um, it's stupid. Why why set ourselves aside on why why divide ourselves into different teams? You know, it's like uh it's like sports teams that you know disagree with each other. That's kind of what it seems like where what political parties have become it's like they're sports teams and people want to be on their team they're like my team's the best i want my team to win this is so stupid because why are we dividing ourselves into teams and having so much hate for each other you know how much republicans hate democrats and how much democrats hate republicans and the left and right the conservative and the liberal like why do we separate ourselves into these teams and divide ourselves that is destructive when we separate ourselves that way, that's when things get chaotic. And I understand that chaos is a, is a part of the duality of our nature. When we have order and chaos. But, man, we got to get past this. And I would hope that we can. Um, I think there's always going to be some sense of chaos in society. But, I mean... I think it could be at a lower level right now. I don't see, I don't understand the division. I don't understand picking a team and saying that someone else's team sucks when that other team is a human just like you. And they're on this planet. They are of the same species. They're, we're, like I said before, we're all experiencing this together. Some shit going on in Paris, people getting hurt. This is happening to us as a species. And we're we're hurting and I think that we can do better I think overall we're doing pretty good but when things like that are happening we're dividing ourselves and we're yelling at each other splitting ourselves into teams like nationalism like America is better than any other nation in the world like y'all can't touch us like we're, we're the best like y'all suck like why would we say that why would we say that other countries suck other societies suck. Like they're humans. They're spe. They're our same species. They're here on this planet with us. We're all in this together. Um, I don't like nationalism. I think it's it's played out in the twenty first century. I think borders are stupid. Um, I think we need to come together, united as a species, um, overcome all of the problems that we experience as a species. Um, because if we remain divided, then we're fucked. We're not going to last much longer. And really, we haven't lasted that long since, you know, we started, uh, really developing as a species, uh, you know, technologically and, and whatnot. I think, uh, we, we haven't, we've been, it's been a blink of an eye. We've barely been here, you know, compared to the age of the earth the other age of other species we've we've barely even been here and we're not going to last much longer if this if we keep up this division especially at the rate that we're growing you see the population just expanding off into infinity getting bigger and bigger and we keep dividing ourselves we want to stay divided it just makes no sense at all we need to come together because the problems that we face with the natural world We've got super volcanoes here on Earth that are uh, due to explode at any fucking time. Um, we've got a crazy cosmic environment just above our heads with asteroids that could come and destroy us at any fucking moment. And we're not prepared for that. How are we not prepared for something like that? With how far we've advanced, with all of the technological advances, with all of the resources that we have, with... All of the minds that we have that could come together and create amazing things. How is it that we are not ready to defend ourselves against our cosmic environment? It makes no sense. It's because we've divided ourselves so much that we're too occupied with bombing children overseas. 
you know, killing people, spending all of our money on war because somebody's different than us or because they have something that we don't have. We can find a way. Fuck. We don't, I mean, really, we don't need fucking oil. I know it contributes to a lot of the things that go on in our society and it helps us in a lot of ways. But if it came down to it, we don't need it. There's a lot that can be done with our minds, with uh, solar energy. If we come together and we figure out ways to sustain ourselves, we have the tools that we need. And we can do this if we stop dividing ourselves, if we come together. Um, the tribalism and politics and society is so fucking weird to me. Um, to separate ourselves onto teams like it's a fucking sport. It's, uh, it's ridiculous, man. Um, it kind of, it's really, uh, I don't know, it's, like I said, man, these, these topics are kind of downers for me, um, but I, I do like to stay hopeful, um, because I do see a lot of great things being put into action, and I have to praise my generation for it. When you look at the truth of the matter, we've been handed, you know, a pretty shitty hand, and, uh, we feel the weight of all of the neglect that uh, previous generations, you know, they neglected so many things and now it all falls on our shoulders. And um, besides what mainstream media says about millennials, I think that we're doing a really good job. And a lot of us have great minds that are geared towards helping one another and helping the environment, the planet, think these are great noble pursuits and I think that um, in time they will catch on and um, I'm very hopeful for the future I honestly am and I just uh, I think this tribalism this split in humanity is gonna go away I think I mean tribalism can be great in some senses you know to be part of communities I think small communities are great but as a whole, we need to understand that we're all in this together. Um, I'm going to go on. Let's see. This is the last question, and it's in that same realm of uh, politics and whatnot. Um, it says, what do you personally think about Donald Trump, and why does it seem like people want him to fail because they don't like him? He seems to have done great things for our economy, but people don't give him credit because they don't like him. Okay. Um yeah, for sure. It does seem that people want him to fail just because they don't like him, which is ridiculous. I personally don't care for him as a person. I think his character is shit. I think he's an egomaniac. I think he's a giant man-child. And he could definitely use an ayahuasca ceremony or two, you know. Um, I think that would be very beneficial for him. For most people in politics, I think they should all go through intense psychedelic experiences so that they could get in touch with uh compassion and kind of just kill their fucking egos you know we all need a, a good ego death every now and then um but yeah just because i don't like him though you know just because i don't like who he is as a person doesn't mean i want him to fail you know i want what's best for the human race period not just america and he said he seems to have done great things for our economy, but people don't give him credit because they don't like him. Um, I'm not a master of economics or anything, but I'd almost think that every president reaps the fruit of the things put into action by the president before them. I think Obama inherited a fucked up economy created by Bush, and we lived through it during Obama's presidency. You know, the fucked up economy that was created by Bush. We experienced it in Obama's presidency. And it wasn't necessarily Obama's fault. And he made some moves to fix it that we are just now seeing in Trump's presidency. Like I said, I'm not a master of economics or anything. This is just kind of how I think it works. I really don't know shit about economics, but this is kind of what I think. And I don't think... All of the prosperity we're seeing now 
is all because of Trump's administration. But of course, Republicans are going to try to make it seem that way to demonize Democrats, and that's just how that stupid shit goes, you know. Um, I think the two-party system is completely outdated. You know, division only slows down our progress. I think our system overall is outdated, broken, corrupt. So whether or not I like Trump's character or not, I think it's good that he's in office. That might be a shocker. But I think it's good that he's in office because we need to shake shit up. We need people to understand how fucked up our situation is. And I think Trump being in office proves how ridiculous our situation has become. He's a clown, you know? Like, what the fuck? He's this guy. God, he's a giant man, baby. Um, he's definitely not the guy I would want to represent the human race. If, you know, some advanced alien species came to chat with us, I wouldn't want to send Donald Trump to talk to them and represent us. That would be disastrous. They would hop back in their spaceship and leave, you know? Like, this guy just can't even form sentences properly. He's... God, I don't know. I would, I would want, like, Elon Musk or Neil deGrasse Tyson to represent the human race and how far we've come. Um, I feel like they would do a better job at, you know, doing the human race justice with their great minds and the things that they're aspiring to do. And um, I just think great minds. We need we need great minds to lead us. You know, not people who push the division and who want division and who are in for their own their own greed and their own ego. Um, Overall, I don't think Trump is even as much of an outsider as he claims to be. You know, that's a big talking point for a lot of people. It's like, he's an outsider, you know. He's not a politician, so he's uh, he's going to straighten them up, you know. It's, but I don't, think that's, uh, I don't think that's too true. I don't think Trump is as much of an outsider as he claims to be. He's a businessman. And our nation has become nothing but a business. You know, if you look at it on the grand scheme of things, that's what this is. He's a businessman. He's probably been involved with many lobbyists for a long time. You know, lobbyists dump money into campaigns. They buy their president. So if their guy wins, then that president will make a bunch of deals to benefit those lobbyists and their corporations. That's how that shit works. Um, so, and I'm sure he's been in cahoots with a lot of these big corporations and, you know, and that's just, like I just said, lobbyists buy their presidents so that when they get into office, they do for them. You know, they say, we got you in office now do what, you know, help us out. We got, we threw all the money at your campaign. We got you in there now do for us so that these corporations can grow even bigger. So, um, where, I don't know. Um, so with all that being said, I don't think Trump even cares about the job of presidency. I think he just wanted to win for his own ego and to have his name go down in history in the biggest way possible. Um, I don't think he cares about the American people. I think it's all an ego trip. Um... I think that's the only reason why he wanted to be president, to have his name go down in history books. Um, yeah, I just more I can't morally support somebody like him. And so, that's what I think about Trump, and just because I don't like him, doesn't mean I want him to fail. I hope he does great things. I would love for him to do great things. Not just for America, but for the world. But I don't think he cares about the world in that way. I don't think he cares about America in that way. I think uh, this is all for him. And with that being said, guys, uh, this is the end to uh, the Q&A segment. It's been fun. A lot of great topics. I love doing this. And I hope you guys enjoy these segments. 
Um, if not, let me know. If you do, let me know. Um, if you have any suggestions on how I could spice it up a bit, or if there's anything, any ways that I could make it better, if I should shorten it, you know, if I should make them 30 minute segments, or if I should stay on this one hour path, you know, just throw ideas at me, guys. Uh, I just, I want you guys to enjoy this, and I want to get these ideas out, and I hope that we can um, discuss them, you know, if, if there's things that you don't agree with, let me know, you know, hit the comments, tell me what you think, you know, tell me, you know, I don't know, let's just have a discussion, let's work things out, not to be right or wrong, but to form better opinions together, that's what this is all about, we have to keep growing together, and, uh, if we do that, if we can be mature about this, then we can see a much brighter future. And I just want to thank you guys again for coming by and supporting me, showing love all the time. You guys are great. Peace out.